0: Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host Matt Michaels.
1: Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, you had a pretty... uh I don't know, easy weekend, I guess, would be the answer, right? You know, just a a show or two that went on?
0: Yeah, we had a couple and had to be around for 37 others. But, yeah, it was all right.
1: Uh, You know, it was full tilt weekend, too, um, as as well as AEW being in town in Vegas. Um, And for you – You know, kind of start at the beginning of uh, the week. uh, What was going on, uh, you know, right around that time, uh, Wednesday, before the storm was about to hit on Thursday?
0: Well, you know, we had everything in place. And with uh, AEW Dynamite running on Wednesday, you know, that's the calm before the storm for me. Uh, You know, I, I wasn't planning on attending that event. I had multiple things that we were having to worry about. So, you know, Wednesday came and went, and it was like, okay, you know, it's time for us uh, to step up and do things that traditionally aren't FSW things. You know, worked with Frank at Future Legend. I came up with the idea, hey, future stars of wrestling and future legend apparel, hey, who's going to go from a future star to a future legend. So he liked the concept. He got involved. He, he had a belt. He's got another one coming on the way uh, that incorporates the FSW logo. Uh, he was telling me about it, something with orange trim. Like, I really liked the belt that he already had, but, you know, he wants to go get a different belt. So uh, we initially were going to do a 12-man tournament. That looked like it was going to be expanded because the idea was uh, a commander, a jack cartwheel. And then commander blew up from February when we did the Jimmy Lloyd birthday party, where we basically had commander booked for it till what went on. So now we were doing a 13-man tournament, and then a day before the show, uh, Casey Navarro called out. So issues going on with him and, you know, obviously exciting basketball game between the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics couldn't get, you know, couldn't get him on the plane. So at that point, I messaged Cartwheel again, who responded after the fact. So we weren't going to put him in the tournament and he was going to be part of the FSW GCW show, which we had already announced in the six man tag. Thankfully, uh, he was available and we didn't have to change around anything. We just gave him the first round by replacing Casey Navarro. And, you know, for all intent purposes, uh, we promoted a really, really good show featuring some great talent from the ages of 16 to 25, uh, from the East Coast to the Midwest to you know, the West Coast and Titus Alexander. (coughs) And the crowd was uh, very responsive, and they were uh, very respectful of the participants. And it wasn't a packed house, per se, compared to the FSW GCW show. And we're still waiting on the numbers from Fight Plus. But, you know, it was a really, really good show. And a lot of people who came to the show probably saw some people they had never seen before and said, hey, wow, these guys are really, really good. So I was very uh, happy with the way everything turned out on Thursday for the Future Legends Tournament.
1: With the Future Legends Tournament, (coughs) um, just out of curiosity, how many possibilities did you guys have going into it in terms of – you know, you had a big field, was it pretty much a clear, maybe, let's say four, you know, like a final four that, uh, you guys could see going with, uh, being that first champion or how did you, you know, how, how did that kind of come about in terms of knowing who you wanted to narrow down to get that opportunity?
0: Well, we, we are looking at, obviously, tenure and some of the younger guys, like a Jordan Oliver, who's only 23 years old. He's been killing it for five years. So, right. you know, he he's the GCW tag champ. He's the GCW jersey uh, pro champ. And, you know, he's definitely one of the top young performers anywhere so uh you know the idea of him being in the final four was a hundred percent uh casey navarro warrior champion wrestled in mlw wrestled in aew he's another one 23 24 years old you know he was going to be in the final four you wanted to have the local guy you know and Jay Vidal was initially going to be in the tournament, but they had an impact taping. So I felt if somebody local was going to be involved, it would be Matt over Bodie. Bodie's 16. He's got a long long road ahead of him, and he's doing more things than probably every 16-year-old wannabe wrestler in the world. So Matt was the easy choice to be the third guy. And then there was talk of, you know, the fourth one was, of course, the toughest because it was the last spot. And it's like, okay, you know, it could be a Bodie. It could be a Billy Starks. It could be a Titus Alexander. And now Casey Navarro dropped out. So that put Titus, you know, front and center, who glad we made a decision on him because he is a tremendous worker. And Jack Hartwheel has improved immensely you know he was really good you know when we probably last used him a year and a half two years ago and again he's another one 22 23 years old and he is just super exciting to watch so the uh, the prospect of having those four guys in an elimination match uh you know to me was 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 going to be a slam dunk you know yeah. that there, there wasn't much that was going to be like oh Yeah, this match ain't going to be any good. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, And overall, with Matt Vandegrift
0: having this belt,
1: uh, do you think that uh, the two things that will come out of it is a little more uh, visibility for FSW uh, when he goes out of town, obviously, uh, if he has that belt with him? Um, I know you guys have talked about potentially having that belt defended in other places Uh, which would be a a unique concept that would be kind of cool to see And um, how much publicity, uh, you know brand recognition will that get for? Uh, the the you know the legends brand there, um Is it a just kind of a good marketing overall to do something like this because I don't think there's a lot of um, titles out there that are brand-specific titles.
0: Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't look at this as a thing that's going to propel FSW in any way. I think it's more for the Future Legend brand. And, you know, everything isn't about me and FSW. It was an idea and a concept to have to take that traveling belt, you know, elsewhere. Uh, FSW has enough belts. So to make a future legend champion only defend in Vegas, well, why would that belt be more important than the Mecca or the FSW Heavyweight Championship? So I don't really have many concerns about defending it at an FSW show. Sure, will it be? Yeah, every once in a while. But the concept is to go elsewhere so that future legend championship is been built to promote matt vandegriff who's the winner and to promote future legends you know we'll take the little bit of the uh, of the rub with the rub on it but nobody's going to be hey matt vandegriff's defending the future stars of wrestling future legend championship because that's not what it is it is a future legend championship and we're just happy to be on board and my concept was you know being able to put forth because future legend liked or loved the idea and you know maybe it helps fsw by having some more connections with other companies around the united states because in reality, that's now my job, even though it doesn't affect the gate at an FSW show or somebody else's show. But it's like, you know, it's it's Matt's job and it's my job. Matt's right. job is going to be trying to get booked in places. And my job is going to be kind of like, hey, we would really like Matt to defend this future legend championship. And... I understand it's gonna be a difficult process because I've had numerous companies hit me up. And again, the thing is most of these companies are way smaller than our company. And it's like, well, if I brought you in specifically, why do I gotta bring in you to go over one of my guys? So that's always gonna be the concern. That now Matt Vandergriff goes to, let's say, New Mexico. And he defends against their main guy. Well, now their main guy has got to take a loss. Or does they look at it as, hey, maybe this is going to help our brand. You know what I mean? Maybe it's going to help us get a little more exposure to people because Matt's going around and defending that belt elsewhere, which is similar And again, not to compare it to the old days of the NWA and the regional, but it, it is a regional belt because it can it's, it's specifically designed for that to go elsewhere. Now, the question becomes, does our buddy Mike Rain at Best of the West acknowledge what we're looking to do and say, hey, that, that's a cool little idea. I'm, I'm cool with that. But the other added incentive is, hey, how would you like Matt Vandergriff on your show? Oh yeah, we like Matt. Well, how would you like to have Matt Vandergriff on your show and you don't have to pay for him. Future right. Legend is going to cover the fees that it's going to cost because you're defend you're letting him defend Future Legend's championship on your show. So right. it's going to be multiple conversations, you know. Obviously he just wanted Thursday today, you know, it's less than a week later and which is crazy that it's already been almost a week.
1: Yeah, right.
0: You know, it's like, oh, crap. So, you know, we're taping this on Wednesday. So it's lit- literally been six days Yeah, because so much was on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, I had to play chauffeur to Hoobie on Monday for a seminar with an extremely disappointing turnout. That none of my roster guys, other than Nick Xander, felt that a Juventud Guerrero seminar uh, would be beneficial in any way. So, you wow. know, so that kind of like, again, the disappointment there in in in, in valuing something, you know, I've seen Rocky Romero uh, seminars for 100 and other guys. 60 and 80 and we try to keep it as inexpensive as possible because i understand the financial terms and we still had a limited turnout for you know one of the top five cruiserweights of all time right and we've had a seminar with him in the past and i knew for a fact it's a good seminar plus here's a guy who runs a company in mexico city uh from what I understand, he's looking to put together a school. The few people that did show up, he actually offered them to come to Mexico if they can get out there and get a month of free training. So, and again, yeah. it's another relationship that, hey, you know what? Six of you guys, you know, who he was impressed with, well, the most of the students were students who haven't really had matches yet. So, right. You know, hopefully for Nick Xander, it becomes another, you know, notch in the cap. And maybe now he gets to go to Mexico because of the opportunity he took advantage of. All
1: right. Um, the Friday, you know, was the focus was on the GCW show uh, just from an outside perspective looking in, uh, how was GCW's uh, turnout and was it a little more disappointing this year as compared to years past?
0: Well, I guess you could say it's disappointing if there's 100, 150 less people, but when you had eight or 900 last year, I'm not sure there's a lot of disappointment that, oh my God, they're, they're, nobody cares anymore for GCW. They only had 736 people. You know, I don't know the exact numbers. I saw the pictures, you know, pictures don't lie. Kind of like at the AEW show. It's like, yeah, you showed the hard cam, but you don't want to show anything else around it. You know, if you're going to say 11,000 people's bad because last time they sold 18, I guess you can. But they got so much going on. And how about they're selling 60,000 seats in England? So that should be the bigger triumph that they didn't sell out uh, in Vegas. So GCW did tremendously. Problem is I got up early, had to get there. Then uh, we had to go shopping. Uh, So I went shopping with Jimmy Lloyd for doors, light tubes, and uh, planes of glass. Uh, So we went to Habitat for Humanity by uh, Palace Station. Got the stuff there. Initially, I was going to look for the doors for them and then go home. So I live here. Palace station's here and Silver Nugget is here. Or,
1: or right. Here.
0: Or whatever it is. It's like Silver Nugget, Palace station, Joe's house. Yeah. So when I got here, I had to go back to here. You, you know what I mean? So I had to go yeah. back to Silver Nugget to drop them back off to then go back home. So then, you know, I did what I needed to do, handled some business, came back ring crew didn't grab the ring bell nobody was around so now I had to go all the way back to the school and then I had to get the ring bell and then I had to bring it back so the show starts at 8 I bring it back at 7 o'clock well at 8 o'clock we had an appointment with AEW Uh, they had to go they wanted to go over some things so they asked to use our facility so of course I had to be there. And then Joey left. So I couldn't get back to GCW. I, I started catching some stuff on Fight Plus, which is a great, great, that's a great plus to have yep. Fight Plus. Yep. So I saw that and then Joey got back at 10 because they were still there. And then Joey asked me to pick pick them up at like 1230. They were still there. And then it turned out they didn't leave till 2.30 in the morning to go over what they were looking to go over. Wow. So I never got back to GCW. So now that was Friday. So then I wake up Saturday. And, of course, I wake up early. I can't sleep, whatever. It's 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. But, again, it doesn't matter because I got to be there with Joey at 9.30. He's doing the production and the filming of stuff. Dave Meltzer has his QA and his meet and greet that starts at 10. As well as Ed and on the Potter show having his his uh, talent for call time to be around 10 o'clock. Most people show up about 10:30. So now I'm there for a couple hours and then I bail out. And then I gotta come back. And then Ben shows at three. So that's run until 5, 5:30. And you know, I was able to get uh, a guy I know who runs El Pollo Dorado or whatever it's called, but it's right off Russell. It's right by my house. Great, great, like charcoal grilled chicken. And he does the nachos. So I'm like, we've been trying to get people. We know we're going to pack the house for FSWGCW. So that's another thing I got to handle besides just booking the shows. You know, if I was just booking the shows, things would be so much easier. But now I had to deal with him and then he got there late because he said he had a rush at the restaurant. Now there's a line of people as the other shows ending. Unfortunately, we didn't get, you know, to be able to serve them. But, you know, we sold almost 200 tacos uh, at the GCW show. So he was uh, extremely happy. Uh, You know, we sat through that GCW, we put every chair we could that would fit in the arena. You know, We took out our commentary table and put in just a little four foot table for three guys right in the corner. And there was chairs everywhere. Like if you had to get up, there's literally no room to move. Then where the swamp coolers are, when you walk in in the corner, we didn't put chairs. We made that kind of standing room only. So unfortunately we weren't able to do the clicker, but we know from past experiences we can probably squeeze around 270 in there. And I'm pretty sure we had at least that because there was no room for anybody to move. And, yeah. you know, that show killed it, you know. And, you know, the other shows did all right. You know, our show Thursday did pretty decent. The, the other shows did all right. There was people there, a lot of support, a lot of newer faces, a lot of out-of-town people. So that to me generates the success it's more people being aware of the product and what the FSW arena is about but right. once again you know FSW GCW blew it out of the park you know there's no doubt that our wrestlers are on par with them you know right. they just the great niche and I'm just happy that they do because because of their niche and their popularity, people now can talk about how great the six man tag of Matt Vandergrift, Damian Drake, and Bodie against Jack Hartwheel, Alec Price. And for the first time I got to use Gringo Loco. And yeah. that match was fucking awesome. And it was like it went, it's a lot of time, but after the fact it's like, wow, I wish we could they could have win another five minutes because the crowd was was on their feet. And even the opening right. match with, with the faction sharp and breadth the thread against the Mazzy Zos and Jimmy Lloyd and, and Cole Radrick. It, it was, you know, from beginning to end, the energy. That, that's what always gets me, the energy of those GCW fans. They really bring up the energy of the FSW fans because right. they don't want to be, you know, outshouted by the enemy. Right. And, you know, we tapped it off with Joey Janela and Hammerstone. So, you know, it was, it was a great show. And I already have been talking with Brett and they're going to be in, uh, LA without any Vegas dates in July and December. So I made a little post about it, about FSW GCW three, you know, nothing said, set, But we're looking at, you know, they're already in L.A. No cross-country flights. Why not do a second show in Vegas, which has to be in a bigger arena? Because GCW does Friday night, and then they do FSW-GCW for the second time on a Saturday. Last time it was SummerSlam weekend on a Saturday afternoon at noon before SummerSlam, and you couldn't move. We did it again. Well, now... How big of a crowd can we get when the only chance to see any of the GCW stars is at FSW-GCW? So now it's, you know, let's put those five, six hundred people in there. If GCW can draw six, seven hundred people with a decent amount of FSW fans there, why can't a bigger venue, FSW versus GCW, draw more of our fsw fans and I, I think we can and i think we're gonna you know finish off the year with a huge bang
1: yeah that sounds like something that would be very uh, you know beneficial uh for both companies as well um when you look at the overall production uh, from the standpoint of um, just how it came out and how everything, you know, played out. Um, would you would you feel that there was anything that um, could be changed a little bit? Is there anything that you looked at that, you know, maybe wasn't um, exactly how you thought it could be? Or you know, see a potential for uh, doing something that uh, improves everything a little bit better better if you guys do run a a third one.
0: Well, there's no doubt a third FSW GCW show, you know, this will this the way it's going to be set up has to be the biggest one ever because all the eggs of GCW are going to be in the basket of that show. They don't have to concentrate on what they're doing on Friday now there's more involvement of okay let's let's kill it on this show you, right. you know what i mean it's like you know if you take the overall weekend we started on thursday we saw some very very new faces that i knew of you know we had jared diaz in the past like him a lot but he had brought up a richard king and he's extremely good and Chris Bay brought up Robert Martyr, who, tremendous. You know, he's yeah. more of that new, new school, but that Matt-based, Davy Richards. You know, he's wrestled Suzuki already. Kid's only 22 years old. Yeah. And, you know, Hunter James, he's 20. You know, I didn't even realize he was a future legend at 15. Amateur, you know, high school wrestling champion at 15. You know, yeah. this kid. <laughs> Touched the microphone and it was like, wow, this dude is magic. And, you know, you looked at all those guys and you didn't say, oh, this guy ain't any good. You know, they all brought something to the table. So doing a tournament like that every year when a WWE or an AEW are in town, you know, love impact, but they don't have the reach at a live event that AEW has. Oh, AEW it was terrible. Only 11,000 people came to Vegas. Well, you know, that that'll be the second biggest show in Vegas this year for wrestling. And WWE's will probably be the first. So, anytime that now, now the funny thing is you're getting 11,000 fans from AEW But GCW brings their own fans from Arizona and Utah and Texas and and people who bought tickets. and They bought six and seven tickets for, for all the events because they were coming to town. And, you know, we saw the big jump. We'd have a good amount of viewers on Twitter. All of a sudden, GCW would post or retweet. And those numbers that took four days to get to, We would double them in four hours. So, you know, the only thing I got to say that was disappointing to me was uh, Natural Born Killers. You know, it it seems like it really has to be presented at the right time. And the right time is not an AEW wrestling weekend. You know, I don't know. Did we have success... On the early ones, because we ran it around UFC stuff. And you you cannot doubt the power of Kevin Cross at the time in Las Vegas. Because you have to really enjoy that style. Now, that style is different than most wrestling shows. So the majority of the FSW fans don't really come out to it. Right. so what happens well on the first one they did because it was Kevin Cross it was the best draw that we had and we had Hall of Famers like Dan Severin there and Frank Mira a guy who beat Brock Lesnar and Stephen Bonner who was credited as having the match with Forrest Griffin that really blew up UFC mixed right. in with Austin Aries and Simon Godge and Cross, and Tom Lawler, and and a who's who. You know, if you look at Bloodsport, and it always does really well, but it's extremely interesting that the only time they run Bloodsport, I think they did it once during the pandemic when it wasn't, so there was no fans. But every single time was WrestleMania weekend when there's 150,000 fans. So to get 500 people for that event is a little easier. They've never just randomly ran. Hey, we got bloodsport next week in Atlantic City, right? So it, it's a tough. If it's a, it's a tough sell. We had many guys, you know, Lawler, Royce, Isaacs, Tito Escondido, Calder, Ryan Walker fought for Bellator, Brett The Threat, and you know Robert Martyr, Jacob Austin, Young Graves, Bateman, and yeah. again, it did okay. You know, and unfortunately I don't like okay. Right. So, you know, now it's back to the drawing board and seeing you know, hey, do we incorporate, you know, sometimes maybe those kind of fights on a regular show. But, you know, those shows don't run that often, but it's obviously they are time specific so we have to see and you know discuss if and when that next opportunity because everybody likes being a part of it who doesn't they like the style it's different the fans who do come out enjoy it because it is similar to that shooty uwfi which has some big popularity in japan back in the day
1: right um and what's the what's your feelings about the late time in terms of starting it later when you've had so much going on in the day? And then, comparatively, you've also got other shows that are running uh, right around that same time oh. that fans might have either gone to because they started a little bit earlier uh, or, you know, are in a different part of town Um that maybe is, uh, more accessible to other, uh, you know, venues of entertainment and dining, etc. cetera. Um, does that have some kind of play as opposed to doing a natural born killers by itself? Uh, you know, on a, you know, on a Friday night when there isn't all this type of, uh, activity going on with wrestling in the town.
0: Well, yeah, it's not a perfect situation, but you're trying to squeeze in things. You're looking at the WrestleMania weekend model that GCW with the collective, and you know half of those shows don't draw fifty people. So placement is a very important thing. You know, my thinking is okay. We're doing the show Saturday night at ten thirty. Is that too late? No, because it's we're expect we're looking for a lot of out of town people to come right. to this event. Now we just ran an event in the arena that was packed to the sardines. Now I'll tell you right now, if we ran the Future Legend Tournament at ten thirty, I'm going to guarantee you that a lot of the fans that were at the FSW GCW show. Would stay for it because it is more traditional wrestling. Right. While we made the announcements, hey, stick around, we'll give you a discount, natural born killers like Blood Sport, blah blah blah. But it's a different crowd. Or you can go downtown and see some really talented wrestlers. And again, I right. I saw the pictures there. They for the for the talent they had and the cost of that show it was a pretty decent crowd but it wasn't like packed like sardines yeah you know what i mean so again are people tired out yeah i'm not gonna say oh well potter ran well they did okay ben ran they did okay like that wasn't stopping people not everybody knew about the show at noon not everybody knew about the show at three i'm hoping the majority of fans knew because I was before GCW started Emile the ring announcer. I said, Hey, do me a favor, make sure you let everybody know. But we were sold out, you know, we're handing out flyers to people without having really any tickets available. Right. It's like, Hey, here's 500 flyers. We put out that I had to buy. And by the time we're going to hand them out, there's there's 20. There's literally 20 tickets left, maybe. We're talking standing room only and, and, and you know, a half a dozen seats. So, you know, like I said, that's a great problem to have that the flyers don't mean anything. But you're also hoping that despite the fact that they can't come to the show, they can look at a flyer and be like, oh, this looks like a pretty cool show. Maybe I'm going to watch it on Fight Plus. Uh, maybe... I know who Hammerstone or Danny Limelight is or in the future of Chris Bay. And it gets more eyes on the product because that's what we're looking to do. I'm pretty sure there's GCW people who came from Texas or Arizona that didn't know who we were until they saw a retweet or they saw that FSW and GCW were having a joint show. And this is the time. That's the time to pounce and try to get people aware of who you are.
1: Yeah. Um, And then finally, you know, it's a long weekend, and uh, here you go into Sunday, and you got Joey running their show at uh, noon uh, at the FSW Arena. What was that experience like uh, seeing what he put together and how that show came off?
0: You know, again, it was another show that did pretty good. I told him. I'm like this is the range of what it's going to be, other than the FSW GCW show, and you know, you know, you talk to him. Pops is an old man who don't know anything, of course, but again, I, I'm I'm totally right that that draw was basically right, what I expected it to be. You know, he's always expecting it to be more, but it is what it is, and again, it. He used a lot of the talent that's already been on a bunch of shows. Now, obviously, he he did different matches, and it was great opportunities. You know, Gregory Sharp got to work Robert Martyr. That's a great match that would never happen if we didn't do the Future Legends Tournament because those guys got out here. Jared Diaz got out here. Richard King got out here. You know, we used, you know, Starboy Charlie, Billy Starks. They all got out here for GCW, Jordan Oliver, and pretty much worked every show that weekend. So, again, as a fan, there gets to be a point of how many shows are you going to come to. You know, there was a couple of big parties that bought tickets to all the shows, but didn't show up to Joey's show. And that's what happens. Tickets paid for. That's great. But you, you want everybody to enjoy the experience. That way, if I do a show next year, he says, hey, I went to his last show and it was pretty good. Right. You know, I'll make sure I'll come check it out again. But there's so much going on that weekend. And, you know, there's there was always little pockets of people that, hey, they didn't come to the FSW GCW show, some front row people. And they made these shows. And, you know, they had a show Wednesday. They had a show Sunday. They had a show Thursday. They had uh, two shows Friday. They had one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, if you count stuff that didn't happen at the FSW Arena, Saturday had seven or eight shows around town. You know, we had probably, let's see, one, two, three. We had four shows specifically inside the arena, not counting the Meltzer event. So we had five events from 10 a.m. till midnight. So that's 14 hours, you know i'm i went back and forth i went home for a little while did some did some errands whatever it is like i couldn't be there for 14 hours yeah you know some wrestlers were there you know billy starks wrestled at the 12 o'clock show the three o'clock show and the uh seven o'clock show right so she was living there the whole day and then had to wake up and be there for joey's show at noon as well as the gcw show friday and the future legends show thursday yeah she worked six shows this weekend. Yeah. Jeez. You know Jordan Oliver. He pretty much worked every show this weekend. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's remarkable, I think, too, that um, you know certain fans will realize that um because they might have gone to multiple shows in the weekend. But for those fans who only came to let's say one show um you know they don't realize that you had uh people who were like literally wrestling back to back to back to back um you know Maserati is a great example of someone who did three shows consecutively and you know here she is after you know on her third match of the day um you know Doing a, a strong style match with, uh, you know, someone who's a really good wrestler and, you know, Maz is trying to to, to just make it through the day, let alone, you know, I, I just think that it gets lost sometimes that, you know, the performance on something like this type of weekend is, um I mean, it's a, it's a lot on uh, on the body. It's a lot on the uh, the performers, and uh, sometimes they don't get the you know the real acknowledgement because fans don't realize they might just be there for that one show. So it's very interesting to have seen how everyone you know put their bodies on line and, uh, and probably gave up a lot of sleep this
0: weekend to to pull off uh, those four oh. days. You know, let me tell you, I I got people, unfortunately, disappointed, of course, that they didn't get to be on the FSW GCW show. You know, there's some mainstays who didn't get a chance to be on the show because there's only so many spots available. And initially, you know, there was going to be one women's match, and that was Viva and Billy Starks, which left Maserati on the outside. And, Brett, when we were starting to put together, well, Yamashita will be here. You know, he gave me the price and it was like, well, I guess Maserati's getting the match because, you know, that match is is a big time match for Maz, who's done a lot of things for FSW. You know, you may not have seen her a lot over the last couple of years, but she's been around for eight, nine years and she's deserving of that match. You know, even though he's not been with us for a long time, Danny Limelight. You know, got the opportunity. He's the No Limits champion. You want to get your champions on the show. So he ends up getting an opportunity to work Titus Alexander. And, you know, I jokingly said to both of those guys that it takes a Danny Limelight for anybody to actually cheer fucking Titus Alexander. You know, he's like on par as the biggest douchebag that I see in wrestling compared to Danny Limelight. And he got love in that match because it was more GCW people in the arena and FSW people don't like Danny Limelight. So if you don't know Titus Alexander, you're going to cheer him. If you're a GCW fan, you're going to cheer him. And, you know, that's how it breaks down. And it was about opportunities. You know, we had to change some things up because – the tag team champions couldn't be there so it was like okay let's make the champ thing and then we added sharp and then we were short one person so at that point it was my decision for brett the threat to get the opportunity not that they're not that uh, uh anybody else couldn't have fit in there but our other options were baby faces so right. they, they didn't get that opportunity And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I've already made Hammerstone and Janela on my own. I got Viva and Billy Stark set. Now you're down to six matches. And you're trying to get limelight on in the thing. You're trying to get sharp to defend. Oh, wait, Jordan Oliver's one of their main guys. So you want to give Jordan Oliver a match. So, hey, Jacob Austin Young is the perfect guy who's deserving of that kind of match. And he's killed it every time he's had those opportunities. And then it's like, okay, well, now you got a scramble match. Well, Remy Marcel has to be a part of it. Cody would have to be a part of it, but Cody is unavailable because he's injured. You know, you want a guy like Funny Bone in there, but he was in another state. And, you know, Nick Xander, because of that, not because he wasn't deserving, but because there was other people that... Have been there for a lot longer time that I would want to give that opportunity to first allowed Nick Xander to become part of that match. Right. So it's great opportunities because not only does GCW fans become aware and fight plus and all that, it's also GCW. You know, that was how guys like you know Damian Drake and Sandra Moon and Matt Vandergriff first started getting used on a GCW or an LA fights and a Gregory Sharp because he saw those guys at the FSW GCW show. So right. he's gonna listen to Jordan Oliver if Jordan Oliver says, "Hey, bro, this guy's really fucking good." You know, if you can use him, it'd be great. You know, he's the one who. Hey, what about Bodie? You you know what I mean? Like, he asked me specifically because he's seen, you know, he's the guy who first got Billy Starks and Nick Wayne on a a national-type platform. And now Bodie's had opportunities to now be on the GCW shows. So, in in all honesty, you know, they, they surpassed Ring of Honor long ago, even with the new Ring of Honor. GCW is the number one independent company in the US. Yeah. And in having a good relationship with them means our talent does. So when he's trying to do something at LA Fights or he's doing something at Vegas, you know, Matt Vandergriff and Damian Drake got to be in a scramble match at the show. But in the future, it's like, hey, man, well, you know, what about this guy? You know, it'd be really good. He'd love to work your show, blah, 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 blah. And I think the more we've helped them out, the more the door opens a little bit to where maybe he now respects my opinions on things and knows who we bring in. And other guys that have wrestled our guys from his company are also putting in the word.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, so you know that was the whole full tilt two weekend, and now you're looking forward to June 18th at the uh, Silverton Casino, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific uh, start time for the 14th anniversary show. Um, you've made some announcements this week of matches uh, that are going to be happening, uh, and uh, you know we'll be talking about it from the next uh, two weeks, but. Uh, Just a little uh, preview of uh, what you uh, have put out there so far Um, and, uh, you know, how how is everything coming along now that, uh, you know, you've had the two days to uh, kind of recoup and start moving forward?
0: Well, the good thing was we had a lot of matches set already, so we already knew it was going to be the Bullet Club and the faction for the tag belts. We also knew that we were going to do Danny Limelight versus Bodie for the no-limits title. Uh, Viva needed an opponent. Rochelle Riveter has been uh, the best of any of the other females we had. So that's a match that's done. Uh, Wanted to do a different style of match than the Nevada State instead of everything just being single match, single match, single match, single match. And right. I felt with the success that Remy Marcel, two-time Nevada State champion, Jacob Austin Young, a tag champion, a no-limits champion, a guy who's gone toe-to-toe with Chris Bay, his biggest year in the, in the wrestling business, Jacob Austin Young, along with Sharp, doing things for new Japan and uh, Jake recently getting on AEW, So those guys are not going to get left off the show. And we obviously had Gregory Sharp and clutch kind of revisit their past. That led to a match in early May. So we decided we're going to make that a four way. So that's the fourth match. Today we have, which we traditionally do, it's the Nick Bockwinkel Memorial Battle Royal, which will open the show, which gives some of the younger guys an opportunity. Uh, so that's match five. And then match six, as always, will be the cash in the case. So Braxton hasn't sold the cash in the case to cash in uh, on the show. Yep. And in the cash in the case, we got some of our top talent we have impact wrestlings and no limits former no limits champion jay vidal we got matt Vandergriff, the future legends champion no limits champion tag team champion you know sky's the limit on him damian drake uh jordan oasis won a qualifying match that was four and uh we added nick zander he came off and was this close to becoming the heavyweight champion. Can't leave him off the show. Right. So he steps in to that match. And that is five. And offhand, I'm trying to think of who the, uh, the, the sixth man is, you know, that I don't want to uh, slight in any way. So I guess I'm going to go look. Here's the flyer that's already made that I missed out on. Oh yeah, another former Nevada State Champion class. Right. He had a match because you know he had been hurt and he had never gotten another opportunity, and he is a former Cash Class in the case winner, and that's how right. he became Nevada State Champion. So right. there's six guys on paper. That if you say, "Hmm, who do you think's gonna win?" It's pretty much an even an, an even thing. You you can make a make a point for every single one of those guys. Right. So that's match six, and we have the heavyweight champion, and we are, you know, we we're, we were spanning the globe. And we believe we've come up with the match for the champ. And that will be announced in the next day or two. And then there's also um, Hammerstone. And And we felt that even though he didn't get the rematch, they had the steel cage match despite the fact. Is he deserving? Of course he is. It's fucking Hammerstone. Guy's been our champion, the longest ever, MLW yeah. champion. But now is not the time to, to, to redo that match. We, we spent the early part of the year and the end of last year trying to get fresh matchups, trying to, to, to make the anniversary show special. And as much as I love Hammerstone and nobody loves Hammerstone more than I do, I'm not sure that's a match that the fans would be clamoring to see again. Right. You know, steel cage is the blow off, regardless of the situation. You know, he wants that title shot. Eh, maybe he has to go win the uh, the Rumble. At the uh, new, new name we have to come up with, because Against All Odds has been retaken by Impact Wrestling, and they are going to be having that pay-per-view next month against okay. All Odds. Yep. And even though we use the term against all odds for a pay-per-view way better than they do, you know, what's more against the odds of having to win a 30-man rumble and then wrestle the champion later to become the heavyweight champion mixed right. in with whether it's an Ironman match, a two out of three falls match, whatever we do, a gauntlet match, it's against all odds. So now – we either have to go really corny and go against the odds, which is shit. You know, I'll be the first to say it. Uh, we've had a pay-per-view and we've had show called The Luck of the Draw, which kind of fits in that situation where the luck of the draw is based on where you're going to be in that Rumble match. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. But it doesn't really make sense in – Hey, the luck of the draw. Well, we could. We could have a women's match. And we do the spin the wheel, make the deal. That's the luck of the draw. And that might be the concept that we have to go with because we can do that. Hey, no Q, first blood. You know, who wouldn't want to see Viva Van and Rochelle Riveter in a riveting thumb wrestling match? You know what I'm saying? You know, if you spun the wheel and that was the deal, you know, hey, maybe uh, in tribute to Dana White, we do uh, a slap fight. You know, there's so luck of the draw has a lot of good concepts. But now it's another whole concept that I got to think of. Hey, we're going to do this Nevada State title match and it's going to be this guy versus that guy. And how are we going to do it? You know what I mean? Right. You know, it could be Iron Man, No Limits, you know, No DQ, False Count Anywhere, Lumberjack, Last Man Standing. You know, there, there, there's a lot of options. So thank you, Matt, for convincing me that Luck of the Draw might be the title to go with for the big show in November. And then, of course, late August, early September – our tribute to the Survivor Series, survival of the fittest. So,
1: which hopefully Impact Wrestling doesn't all of a sudden come up with a. Uh, <laughs> we're running that show too.
0: Come on. Did, did they even run it years ago? I don't know. I, no. I assume a lot of.
1: No. Well then, I
0: say sorry, Scott. I won't use against all odds. You don't use survival of the fittest. Okay. <laughs> I'll send him a cease and desist letter. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, final, as we wrap up here, uh, final uh, thoughts uh, going into uh, this coming week. Uh, and, um, boy, you got lucky, too. The If the Golden Knights go to Game 7, Game 7 would be Monday the 19th instead of Sunday Oh, the is eighth. that it? I
0: didn't see the schedule. Yeah. It's like so you're you kind of are- rooting, but you're kind of not rooting. Like, fuck. Yeah, so you, so you got lucky that
1: uh, it won't be on the 18th, so that's good. Um, yeah, that is, that is
0: definitely a plus. My guy Omar, uh, I might see him today. We might be doing something with them uh, involving with the Silver Knights. So hopefully next week. He said, I have this crazy idea, and he showed me. It was like this weird schedule reveal commercial that they did, and I have not no, any knowledge whatsoever But I'm hoping maybe a bunch of our wrestlers will get to be in a Silver Knights commercial for them to reveal certain things. So I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll update that next week.
1: Nice. Uh, Final thoughts uh, for the listeners.
0: Yeah, you know, these shows are what makes me excited to be part of the wrestling business. You know, there's guys that I haven't seen that I like for a long time. They're out of state, whatever. They only come in for certain things. But then because of this weekend, you touch base with some brand new people that you genuinely like. You know what I mean? And then it's also you catch up with people and you have conversations. Like I never had a conversation with Jimmy Lloyd, but we're in the car and we have a conversation, you know, and it's like. You're talking to all these people and you're bonding with, with, with so many of them that ha- have the same passion. And these aren't the guys, you know, that are out there. And it's like, yeah, whatever. I got to go to that WWE taping. Oh, that sucks. I only make 400000 a year. You know what I mean? These guys yeah. are just like, just like I am and just like our people are we're grinding and we're hustling and just, and happy to be part of the business and you're doing it for the love of the game. And of course, everybody wants to make money, but nobody's in position where they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars by just showing up other than say like a Matt Cardona, you know what I mean? But when you have these guys and they go out there and I got all the respect in the world, you know, for GCW people, because you know, they got three shows next week. They, you know, th- this was their light week. They they only did one show in Vegas. But right. all those guys worked five shows. So even though GCW didn't work, they were all around. And every weekend they're working two to three shows every weekend pretty much. A couple right. weekends off. You know, I know a lot of the guys, they're doing their uh, tournament of survival. So I guess it's more of a death match show. but even talking i was like they're talking with jordan oliver i'm like oh yeah you're not working right he's like oh no i'm working on the shows because they're going to do bridge matches and they're not every single match is going to be a death match so hopefully he won't get any uh, broken glass on his back when he gets you know slammed with the body slam right so it's like these are the weekends man the fans come out in droves you meet new fans that enjoy your product or know you from Twitter and and it, it it's like a family gathering with a thousand of your closest family and friends and you know unfortunately it's genuinely only like once a year you know hey you know hopefully down the line we can make it where it's a, it's three or four times a year to have this because as i said FSWGCW needs to happen a minimum of twice a year No doubt about it. And we're trying to make it work. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, everything's good. And in December, we'll do it again. So, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you know, it's great times, man. There's so much wrestling everywhere. And there's so much good wrestling everywhere. And that's the crazy thing. No matter who's signed to WWE, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, there's still so much talent on the indies and it's a combination it's because a lot of the guys who do work the aews and the impacts and the new japan strongs they can also work other shows so you know as as crazy as it is and sometimes the disgruntledness of some of the younger cats and things like that the talent pool is is amazing so you know you always want to run a good show so advice to the young up-and-coming wrestlers you know get your shit together man there there's guys willing to to fly a thousand miles to get there just to work on a show that they believe can benefit them down the line and a lot of these local guys have it really good all they got to do is show up and it still seems to be a struggle so
1: Well, there you go. For this week, Uh, we'll talk more about uh, the anniversary show next week. And, uh, you know, uh, Joe will update us on uh, the possibility of uh, working with the uh, Silver
0: Knights, as he said. And uh, we have a thing about Silver, by the way. You know, we're back at the Silverton. Silverton. We run at the Silver Nugget. And now my guy Omar, even though he works for all the Knights stuff, the Silver Knights is his main base. So that, that, that's kind of like a. It's just like that's kind of weird that three things involving silver were a part of. So.
1: I don't know. Uh, well, you know, maybe that's a sign that you guys don't have a gold championship. You have a silver championship. Well, and, you and have uh, to. Our belt is silver. silver.
0: So yeah. maybe I have to reach out to John Silver from the Dark Order, and maybe he needs to be on an FSW show. I don't know.
1: Well, there you go.
0: Well, to be continued. Yes, and my son bought a lot of silver, so hey.
1: All right, well, before you go get lunch at Long John Silver's, we'll be out of here, and we'll talk to you guys next